Hello, this is Ryan Ray of the 1P versus 2P podcast, plausibly live talking about video game news, reviews, history, music, and culture. Not with me this time is my brother and co-host Taylor Ray. You know, life gets in the way sometimes of recording a podcast. Since our last episode celebrating Game of the Year 2019, I had another kid bringing my total to two children. This whole pandemic thing happened. There's a lot more to the story. But nevertheless, a lot has happened in the world of video games, and we've still been playing them somehow. So I want to break this episode up into three solo segments. I'll be the 1P on this side of the podcast. Uh, I want to talk about games I've been playing during the during all this and some quick impressions. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about th- that we're on the bubble of next-gen consoles, uh, some results from our listener poll, and uh, what's been announced on, on that front thus far. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, Mario at 35 uh, anniversary stream that uh, Nintendo uh, did recently and figured that that would be uh, something worth discussing. So uh, let's start with the games that I've been playing and some quick impressions. This obviously isn't a complete list of uh, games I've been playing because I've played played a lot since we last recorded. But um, just recently, uh, I'll start off with uh, I, I platinumed Assassin's Creed Odyssey on my PS4. And uh, that game is probably and I've been I've been a fan of the Assassin's Creed franchise for a while now. Uh, in fact, uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag was the reason that I got a PS4. I just was so impressed with the graphics, and I heard really good things about the gameplay, which turned out to be pretty true. Um, I loved uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. I skipped um, the French Revolution one. Um, uh, I think that's Unity. And I played a little bit of the London one, which I think is uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. And, um, you know, Assassin's Creed, I think, it really now represents um, what the template is for open-world games. And uh, for me, Odyssey uh, now represents uh, kind of the bloat of all the activities that you can do in these styles of games. Uh, and it's just, it, I really like the setting. I, I, re- I really love uh, Roman and, and Greek history. Um, you know, this, this game takes place in, in Greece and um, gets a little bit into uh, mythological stuff with some of the DLC and um, some of the endgame content. And I just found that... Um, you know, Assassin's Creed moving away from like these this, these stealth action like third person games um, sometimes has worked, and in this case has just been like like really overwhelming. Like a lot of the mission design was very similar, and the story between uh, Cassandra and I even forget her uh, twin's name because I played as Cassandra and her voice actress is awesome. Um, the main storyline just not that compelling. And I, I really enjoyed hunting down the uh, Cult of Cosmos, uh, which is kind of a side story. I thought that was more interesting, brought stuff back to the Assassin's Creed uh, animus sci-fi stuff. Just, I, I played some of the DLC, and I I just, like, I lost interest. It it was it was just like one of those games that I, like, platinum casually because it was mindless and something to do, but I didn't really en- enjoy it. I, it was definitely, like, the definition of a podcast game for me. A game I have been sort of enjoying, uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2. I've been playing that on my PC. Uh, both, uh, well, actually, uh, Yakuza 0, Yakuza Kiwami, and Kiwami 2 are all out on PC as well as PS4. Uh, you can pick up the other Yakuza games on uh, uh, PS4 if you're interested in completing the collection. Uh, there's there's games 0 through 6. Uh, I've been playing these games to try to catch up uh, so that I'd be prepared for Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, not that that game is... Uh, it's somewhat connected as a uh, let's call it a spiritual successor because it features a new protagonist. Um, I loved Yakuza Zero. 
I uh, loved a little less Kiwami, uh, although it had it shared some uh, DNA with Zero. Uh, Kiwami Two is somewhat of a uh, different uh, battle and upgrade system from the previous two games. And while I enjoy kind of the over the top characters and definitely the the setting in uh, Kamurocho, I don't love uh, Kiwami Two as much. Um, I I think you know what's what's happening in the story in Kiwami Two is perfectly fine. Um, it's just that the systems and like styling of Zero was like so compelling, you know, back in the eighties. And uh, Kwame and Kwame Two are kind of like we're kind of moving along in the decades towards the nineties. And it's just it, something about it just seems so dull. And I'm trying to stay positive because I think that the core action of the the Yakuza games are are really really great. And uh, I really identify and love the character of uh, Kiryu. But, um, you know, without <laughs> spoiling too much about what's happening, I just the 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 melodrama between all the characters is is kind of what I'm here for. And I'm just finding that it's really like muted and toned down in uh, two. And plus the like antagonist character is just really like a, a douche for douche's sake. His like motivation is just kind of like I like to like mess things up. Uh, like <laughs> I almost feel like he's he's like Japanese Duke Nukem where he's just like I'm here to mess up all these mob families and I chew bubblegum. And it's just like, okay, fine, but not a great character motivation. On my uh, PC, I've been playing uh, Felseal Arbiter's Mark, which I believe is also out on Switch and pretty much everywhere else. Um, This game is kind of like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, Definitely, uh, the developers are uh, inspired by that. The game has uh, uh, a tactical-style RPG strategy game. Um, with uh, character customization and classes and uh, all that good stuff. Uh, I really like the, the, the gameplay of this game. Um, you know, it, it definitely mirrors uh, tactics, which for me is like a masterpiece of a game. Um, I, I'm, I'm having fun with the character classes and kind of specking out my, my crew. Um, Storyline is kind of so-so. Um, but I do appreciate that, uh, you know, th- what they're we're trying to go for here. Um, the art style is definitely very uh, handmade, but it's not. I think the thing that's missing from all these like uh, let's call them like Final Fantasy style, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics style, like tribute games is like Final Fantasy Tactics is not just about like the the story and the, the combat. It, it also meshes like the music and like tactics had this kind of like watercolor style pastiche and it just it had like the right blend of things um, and this game and a lot of other games that are like this have kind of like are they're missing something uh, it's like still fun to play and I'm, and I'm enjoying it and I'm about I've spent about uh, like 27 hours playing playing fell seal um, but it's, it, there, I, I play it and I and I feel like there's something that's like missing from the recipe. I you know and I and I want somebody to just really nail it or for like another Final Fantasy Tactics game to come along. Um, you know we've had Final Fantasy Tactics Advance and Advance Two, which were both uh, like great, excellent GBA games. But I'm I'm just waiting for somebody to like truly be a successor to uh, that lineage of uh, tactical strategy games. Uh, you know. Y- XCOM and all these other uh, games have kind of like moved past what uh, was initially set by tactics. But I, I'm just looking for like that style of game with swords and classes and magic and archery. And it's just, I'm waiting for it and it, it needs to happen. <laughs> um, 
Speaking of uh, retro looks, uh, also been playing uh, Star Ocean First Departure R on my Switch. Uh, this is a re-release, a re-release of a re-release of uh, the uh, Famicom uh, original Star Ocean, Star Ocean One, um, which was then ported to uh, PSP uh, a few years ago, and um, it's kind of done in the style of Star Ocean: The Second Story, uh, which is the PS One game. Um, kind of uh, like 2D sprites, very colorful, very um, recognizable art style. Uh, I think the the developers here really keep going back to the second story art style because, frankly, that's the one that the fans like like the most. It's kind of the standard for the series. Uh, there have been other good Star Ocean games besides uh, the second story, but it's just nothing has really f- uh, captured the, the feel and flavor of, of that particular game and its characters and its world. And for me, First Departure uh, feels a lot like a template for RPGs to come. And uh, what it's missing, uh, even with this remake, uh, you know, despite that it has, um, you know, the combat and the art style of the second story, uh, it's it's missing. It's clearly like a game that was developed back in the in the eighties and nineties, where like there isn't clear signposting about what needs to happen next. And so, like, in order to get to the next step, you need to kind of consult like uh, a game facts or a walkthrough. And uh, you know, the characters are very just like. They're, they have like one thing going on about them and like the private actions are sort of like so 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 private actions in the star ocean series are basically like you go to town you can hit a button and your your party kind of disperses and you can have kind of like private cutscenes with certain party members that you want to like be friends with or fall in love with and it's just everything just feels like you know barren um but you know it's it's fine it's kind of like a, a, a popcorn jrpg um you know, a way to spend a weekend maybe can be completed uh, very quickly. Uh, I've pumped, put about uh, 10 hours of it uh, into it or so. I uh, haven't completed my party yet, but you know, it's fine. It's fine. The My conclusion is that it's it's fine. Uh, definitely better uh, RPGs out there in the market. But if you're looking for uh, something a little bit more of a retro throwback, there you go. Okay, I've also been playing uh, Fall Guys, which was uh, just ended being the uh, PS Plus uh, game of the month. Uh Fall Guys is also out on PC. Um, I think this is a, this was an idea that was like ripe for the taking. Um, if you've ever watched the show uh, Wipeout or like American Ninja Warrior, this game is essentially, or uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, most extreme challenge, or I think like it's like Takeshi's Castle is the is the original. Um, these are all like game shows, TV game shows, where basically the concept is, you know, uh, the contestants run through an obstacle course and the like fun and watching is watching them just get pummeled by these balls and obstacles that, that, you know, are supposed to get hard to get through. And then at the end, what's waiting for them is a trophy and a prize. Um, and this was like a, a, a concept that was like ripe for a video game. And I think Fall Guys like really nails that, um, particularly with the like, uh, jelly bean candy aesthetic. Uh, it's really fun. It's really like lighthearted. Um, it's really aggravating when you. <laughs> uh, it, I, I'm almost going to put this in like our uh, as a candidate for our moment of the year when when you're like you get to the final round and you get like second place instead of getting first. Oh, it's so aggravating. It just makes you want to throw a controller through the TV screen. Um, but I'm having a good time with it. Um, I don't I don't mean to brag, but uh, I, I've won quite a bit, and uh, I'm hoping to eventually try to attain the platinum for this thing, but. I need to campaign for something here. I <laughs> I am not what we classically called like a trophy hunter. I do have a, a lot of trophies under my belt, but 
Fall Guys is a multiplayer game. I get it. Um, you know, typically with multiplayer games, when you're trying to uh, achieve something there or try to get the trophies or achievements, um, you need to play like in the first week because otherwise you're just going to be totally like shellacked by people who are way better at the game. Um, that's not the case for me personally with Fall Guys because I'm okay at platformers and uh, I've won a few times. But in this trophy and achievement list for Fall Guys is an achievement where you need to win five uh, episodes in a row. Uh, so episodes are basically like, you know, the entire like match and matches are comprised of like little individual rounds, some of which are team rounds, by the way, um, which is a little bit luck based because if you're on a, a crappy team, you're not going to get there. Uh, <laughs> uh, on top of it, on PS4, at least the servers for uh, Fall Guys have not been the most reliable. And sometimes uh, people skip around and it disconnects you randomly and it's just like the most aggravating thing when you're trying on top of trying to achieve this like massively hard thing that's somewhat based on luck of like which rounds get drawn and also that if you get a team round that you're in a team a team that will is concentrated on winning like <laughs> that it just like randomly disconnects you like this is a monumentally hard trophy and achievement to get and i just like i need i need developers to stop putting trophies and achievements in games that are just like i get that you need to have harder things and more difficult things to achieve but come on man like five in a row like <laughs> i think my streak has been like two and i like i've won probably a collective of like 10 fall guys matches i've been playing for like i don't know 20 hours or so and it's just like the most frustrating thing to like try to work t- towards something that you think is achievable and this like fun and colorful game and it just like it's not gonna happen man i don't think i don't think i'm gonna play this game but <laughs> whatever <laughs> um i've also been playing doom eternal uh on pc which is a little bit of a bummer uh you know i loved the remake of doom back in i believe it was 2016 it was our game of the year i think uh great game doom eternal is more of the same and not in like a good way you know i think kind of the core premise of doom you know the the king of all first person shooters is really you're this marine you're fighting against the forces of hell and these demons and it's really more about like the the metal and hell like aesthetic and uh the combat at least in the uh the recent remake of uh doom was really like frenetic and uh, fast-paced i'd even compare it to let's say the uh, combat puzzle of the original halo um in doom eternal they're trying to replicate that but it just feels like you the tool set and weapons you've been getting are all kind of like uh, built around this idea that you have to keep filling up your meters uh, in order to survive the encounters. Um, you know, like the the flame belch, which is this like flame shoulder mounted flamethrower that you get. Uh, you're supposed to use to do uh, to get armor, and you're supposed to uh, punch to uh, get do the, your blood punch to get health and uh, glory kills to get uh, more health, um, which is like when you stagger enemies, and then use the chainsaw to get ammo when you need it. And it, it's just like like one or two many like meters too much, and you're constantly like juggling all your resources, and like that's not that that wasn't part of like the Doom remake a few years ago, and it's just like it's it's a lot, and also like they introduced this like platforming elements into the levels, and those aren't great, and it's just <laughs> they like they like turn the wrong lever 
uh, it feels like on 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 Doom Eternal. And on top of it, the multiplayer battle mode is like not that compelling. It's just kind of asymmetrical. Like you you uh, one uh, slayer goes against uh, two players who play as demons, and it's just like it it often uh, matches end up like lopsided, uh, usually in the favor of the demons who can summon like minions and stuff. Uh, although the, I've encountered a few slayer players that are really good. And the levels in Doom Eternal are just like <laughs> barren and, and like in like a way that's not like they're not fun to traverse. It's kind of just like it's there. And I'm like really shocked and surprised. Also, like <laughs> the story in the Doom remake, it somewhat took it seriously, but it was also kind of poking fun at the entire like concept of what a first person shooter is and like the Doom mythos and Doom guy and whatnot. And like Doom Eternal kind of takes that stuff way, way, way too seriously. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the level of detail, but it's, it's like one of those things. It's like, it doesn't need to be there, man. This is supposed to be kind of like a, uh, like a, a fun, uh, like first person shooter with like a metal and like aesthetic and, and music. And it's just like every again, something in the recipe is missing or it's like, there are too many ingredients and we need to like, this game would be better if there was some editing that actually happened. I think anyway, I'm still playing it and, uh, I, you know, Probably will collect my thoughts on it for game of the year discussions, but man, it's it's kind of a bummer compared to the last uh, entry in the franchise. And finally, I've been playing uh, Neo Two, which is uh, a really pleasant surprise. Uh, Neo Two is currently available on the PS4, and uh, they are looking to uh, release a version of it for uh, PC later this year. Um, it's really really good. If you liked the original Neo. Uh, it's basically uh, what if Dark Souls and Diablo had a baby, and there you go. Uh, also, it's made by the developers of uh, Ninja Gaiden, um, Team Ninja, and uh, it's really like fun actiony style combat um, with a lot of a lot of, emphasize a lot of loot. I think the like inventory limit on loot is like something crazy, like five hundred. Um, and like all these other games, um, you know, it has the, the concept of like a bonfire, which are these, you know, shrines and you can collect, um, you know, these little, these little creatures who, uh, you know, give you, uh, buffs and, uh, new for Neo 2 is, uh, they've, the main character, so this is a, a prequel game. It takes place before the events of, uh, the original Neo and the main character is kind of like half human, half, uh, monster and uh, they've introduced the system where you basically, instead of just uh, being able to uh, have kind of like a guardian spirit, which is kind of like your your ult, your super ability, um, you uh, your ultimates this time around, you kind of turn into a monster yourself and have monstrous abilities. Uh, one of three, uh, one that's kind of more uh, aggressively offense based, one that's kind of more uh, like uh, swift dodge based, and another one that's kind of uh, somewhat in the middle, more like counter based but uh, defensive. Uh, that's the one I I like. And, um, the game's weapons are just like super fun to use. I love using the Kuriskama, um, which is this kind of like a sickle on a chain. Um, uh, and the, the game systems and upgrade paths like really make a lot of sense. And I think are improvements on the original Neo. And, um, if I think the like level variety, that was kind of like the main criticism of the original game is like the level variety just wasn't there. Um, it often felt like you were kind of going in the same environments just with like different objectives every time. And while some of that still exists in Neo 2, um, I think like the levels are like much more creatively designed. Uh, the characters are much more lively and it's just like, it's just plain fun, man. Like I, I love this game. 
All right. Next up on the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, that we're all on the bubble of next-gen consoles. Isn't that exciting? Uh, So Microsoft announced officially after it was leaked the Xbox Series S and Xbox Series X, which are out uh, November 10th with pre-orders starting September 22nd. Uh, A subscription option is also available, so some financing for the folks who need that. Um, $24.99 for 24 months will get you the Series S uh, with the uh, Series X subscription at $34.99 for the same time period. I don't want to get into the uh, technical specs here because, uh, honestly, that information is out there. But suffice to say that the uh, Series S is uh, more than capable of uh, running the uh, next-gen consoles, which uh, the Series S, uh, for those of you who are not familiar, is kind of the, uh, like, half-step version of uh, the the big boy, uh, the Series X. Um, And uh, looking at the specs here, um, you know, it's, it's... uh, comparable, we'll be able to run things uh, confidently. Although, if you really want, you know, maximum home theater style stuff, uh, you'll, you'll probably want to go for the Series X. Um, I think it's important to point out that the Series S is uh, digital only, no disk drive in the Series S, uh, but it's also a smaller form factor. Uh, it's got a little fun uh, design with the the speaker on top of the console. And uh, Series X will have a uh, 4K uh, Blu-ray player in it, um, as well as, of course. Uh, you know, uh, upgraded uh, ingredients inside, as well as a uh, one terabyte uh, storage, whereas the Series S will have uh, just half that in the uh, 512 uh, gig model. Uh, and prices, uh, Series S will be 299 very affordable, I think, for a new console. And the Series X, which is uh, 499 which, uh, like, shockingly, uh, for the high-end version, uh, pretty good all things considered even though we are in the middle of a pandemic and a lot of people are unemployed and video games are an expensive hobby but uh in terms of value microsoft also announced that their uh, game pass program is expanding to include uh ea play which is uh ea's uh, game pass like uh solution for their their games so uh, game pass is going to be including ea play for free um and uh, they also announced that if you are just doing game pass on pc which technically was in beta uh the price for that will increase slightly though i think most people here will have game pass ultimate which is uh the more standard bundle which includes uh, game pass on console pc and uh, xbox live gold which is to uh, play multiplayer in their ecosystem um i really feel like uh, microsoft is like increasing the the value on uh their ecosystem um and uh game pass is like an excellent excellent service uh all their first party lineup and um some third party games that include uh some new releases um really uh good stuff really smart um i do think these price points are pretty um comparable um however i just don't know about like this generation of consoles which we'll i'll get into the commentary a little bit i wanted to get through some of the, the news items um as of this recording what has been said on the ps5 in sony's camp uh, other than showing everybody what the the console looks like and the uh, dual sense controllers with the adaptive triggers uh some technical specs uh technical specs excuse me uh we don't really know when uh the ps5 will be released or the price yet 
but with Microsoft's recent announcement, uh, you should expect Sony to react accordingly. Um, the PS5 is coming in a disc-based and discless digital version. Um, they have said that there will be some backwards compatibility with PS4, although not really much information shared about what how exactly that will go about, or if you're you know you'll have to put your PS4 games, your disc-based games, uh, into the the PS5 disc-based version. Uh, who can say? But um, looking at the uh, kind of tech specs here. Um, I would generally say, uh, again, we'll have to see when these consoles come out what, what things will look like, but that the PS5 is somewhere in the middle between the Series X and the Series X. But um, the thing that kind of all dictates this is like what, what games will be uh, on these platforms. There was also news on the PC front with uh, NVIDIA announcing a new line of graphics cards in the uh, in a new line, uh, the 37, the 3080, and the 3090 graphics cards. Uh, there's also a rumored lower end 3060 card um that surprisingly uh is approaching affordable and not unrealistic prices for pc players uh the 3070 card which currently is the low end in that line is uh 500 bucks and the 3080 um which is kind of the mid-range card uh is at 700 uh i was expecting these prices to be a lot higher and uh Frankly, uh, for the uh, price of, of new consoles, you can have an awesome screaming PC that will be more powerful than these consoles. Um, on the Nintendo front, there was a recent uh, Bloomberg report stating that uh, Nintendo was asking developers to make their Switch games 4K ready and that they were looking at 2021 for an upgraded Switch model. Uh, you know, this report was verified, but... Um, Still waiting for an official announcement from Nintendo. Uh, they haven't really signaled uh, much other beyond uh, their report and you know what's been rumored uh, they've been talking about to developers. But that's kind of interesting. Um, I think most people are pretty happy with their switches. But um, you know, I, I would welcome a an upgrade to uh, that platform for sure. I also wanted to go over the results of our listener poll. A few weeks ago, we uh, asked a poll about who was going to potentially purchase uh, an Xbox Series X or a PS5. And in our poll, uh, 29% of you said that you would buy, you're in for an Xbox Series X. Uh, 14% of you said a a PS5, uh, that's what you were uh, ready to buy. Uh, Nobody said that they were going to be buying both. Twenty nine percent also said that they were going to stick with what they have, and uh, twenty nine another twenty nine percent were also undecided. Um, thank you for participating in the poll. Uh, I'm with the folks that I am. Uh, I think I'm going to stick with what I have for now. Uh, honestly, uh, my personal take on this is, as always, you know, wait for the games. Even though I've been a day one purchaser of previous console generations, based on launch lineups and availability, it's never really paid off for me to do that. And this time around, I just don't see anything that has really bowled me over that hasn't been delayed into 2021. Uh, I'm eagerly awaiting Halo Infinite and Spider-Man Miles Morales. But otherwise, I'm pretty much happy to play my games on my current Switch and PC with what limited time I have anyway with two small uh, kids running around in the house. I think the smart play here for people looking to quote-unquote future-proof themselves into the next console generation is waiting for better deals and bundles, which always come out a year or two after the the launch, initial launch. And uh, if if you really have to have to like bite the bullet, consider getting into PCs if you're due for an upgrade. Uh, my current PC is rocking a 1070 card, and it runs most current-gen stuff just fine. 
um, you know, and Microsoft did this kind of survey and um, they found that like most people don't have 4K monitors or TVs at home despite the, uh, you know, general outsized panic about that. Um, most people just are running things at 1080p, uh, which is why Microsoft pushed out the news about the Series S first because honestly, I think that's the affordable spec that most people are uh, probably interested in anyway. Um, and the Series S will run games at uh, 1080 60. So, uh, yeah, uh, excited for new consoles. Uh, eagerly awaiting the, the news about PS PS5. But uh, I think I'm going to be sticking to my PC and uh, looking to get an, an upgrade myself uh, next year uh, when cards are available. And uh, you know, maybe this pandemic will be somewhat resolved. We'll see. All right, my final news item: um, Super Mario at 35. Getting back to Nintendo. Uh, in timing with the uh, the 35th anniversary of uh, the original Super Mario Brothers, they announced a slew of things, uh, which I will list off here. A Game & Watch with Super Mario Brothers running on it. Uh, AR Mario Kart, which looks really cool. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 35, which is a Tetris 99 Battle Royale-style Super Mario Brothers game that... Nintendo sort of DMCA'd a fan game of uh, with a more official product. Uh, also, insert a battle royale joke of 35 miles drop in and only one leaves with the chicken dinner. I am I mean, princess. Uh, Super Mario All-Stars on the uh, SNES Nintendo Switch Online, uh, which is a great collection. And a re-release of Super Mario 3D World for Switch with bonus content in Bowser's Fury. And, uh, last but not least, a new collection of three, three Mario games on the Switch called Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which features uh, Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy. Whew. Okay, so a ton of Mario stuff, right? Cool, good, Mario's Nintendo's mascot, worth definitely worth celebrating. For me personally, this is a reminder that I'm about as old as Mario. Uh, I'm 33 going on 34 next year. And where's the time gone? Honestly, I, I just I feel so ancient. <laughs> um, you know, Nintendo's whole deal for as long as I've been alive has been trading and cashing in on people's nostalgia for the early history and various re-releases of their most popular stuff, usually tied to Mario. But here's my issue with all this. Much like Disney, which uh, they are often compared to, Nintendo has not been the best stewards of their own history, and they frequently sideline or shut down things that are not in line with their official corporate stances or release schedules, which leads to awkward situations like Mario Galaxy 2 being memory hold from this 35th anniversary stream. Like, that game existed, it happened, it was fun, like, where is it? Uh, Also, this 3D All-Stars collection... Uh, Nintendo's only making this available physically and digitally until the end of March 2021. We're talking about an N64 game, arguably the most important one in the franchise, a GameCube game, and a Wii game here. Mario 64 itself has been re-released on the DS before. After this artificial date of the end of March 2021, which, by the way, happens to coincide with the end of the fiscal quarter, a convenient coincidence for those of you who bind to the conspiracy, they are limitedly putting these games back into the vault until uh, almost assuredly they need to go back into the well for another anniversary in the future or they need some more nostalgia credit. Look, man, capitalism sucks. And uh, while I've had my childhood repackaged and sold to me countless times and have done here again, I've pre-ordered this uh, three-game collection. I'm really tired of this look from Nintendo. They have to pay to keep the lights on and pay their employees. I'm sympathetic to that. I get it. But the 3D All-Stars collection specifically feels like a semi-naked cash grab without many enhancements to these games. 
emulation is at a point where people are rendering Mario games into the Unreal Engine, and like, come on, N64, GameCube, Wii, and 3DS games can all like run pretty smoothly on the PC. At this point, just to keep Nintendo from being another rent-seeking monopoly, it seems like the moral imperative here is to hold on to your physical versions of the games just so that they can never really be taken away from you, or dun dun dun, emulate the heck out of them. Um, it, it you know, <laughs> emulation isn't kind of this gray legal area, but like honestly, why you know leave the like history and museum of these of these games in the hands of like their corporate overlords who just like need to continue making money? Like, if you want to continue playing these games and have access to these games, honestly, the smart play here is to like hold on to. The versions of these games, the files of these games, the cartridges of these games, the discs of these games. Uh, you know, we can't count on Nintendo to like half half release these these collections to continue to have access to these games for future generations. It's like it's terrible. My final take on this is just please stop Mario from becoming Wario. Mario is not about all the gold coins, man. <laughs> Wario is. Ugh. All right. If you liked our show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. We greatly appreciate the reviews. They're a huge help. You can also listen to our show on Google Play Music, TuneIn, YouTube, your favorite podcast app, or wherever else fine podcasts aren't sold. For more video game news, reviews, history, culture, and news, check out our website, 1pvs2p.com. You can also like us on Facebook, find us on Twitch, and follow us on Twitter, at 1pvs2p. Uh, looking forward to doing more uh, Twitch streams and getting back to uh, putting out more content there for, for y'all. As always, we want to thank Phonetic Hero for the use of his songs for our show. Coffee Stomp and Super Manly Brothers X, both songs are part of the compilation project Chip Tunes Equals Win. Thanks for listening, everybody. I've had my childhood repackaged and sold to me countless times and have done here again.